is December 7th, 2023. You're going to say the Japanese bomb Pearl Harbor today, 84 years ago. And they didn't say that. Oh, they, they, they want yeah. us to forget history, right? Uh, we have Tommy King on here. He had a heart bypass, and I think he's doing good. And you know Tommy, right? Uh, Dodd Ayers, our neighbor from a couple houses down, the loss of her son, Dennis, he passed. Um, she's in her 90s. I'm sure it's going to break her heart to the point of. Gonna spell somebody's name, gonna spell it right. Uh, Steve and Debbie Scott and the loss of Todd, Debbie's son from her first marriage. Sam Long going to the Marine Corps for strength and wisdom. Marcos for his son's salvation. And I think when you pray for somebody to get saved, as much as you can do is that somebody will send um, missionaries or witnesses. Ultimately, up to them. Gail, Ruby, and Janice, our prayer team. Bassie and Linda, John and Ruby, Marta and Charles and family. President Trump and family. Our children and our grandchildren. Bob, praying for his son, Mike, for peace in his heart and the loss of his sister. Unsaved family members. Pray for the situation in Europe and Ukraine and in the Middle East. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Amen. All veterans and uh, Estellite family? Sherrits. Sherrits family? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's my friend. I lost him last Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. 87 years old. But you had just gotten him a loaf of banana bread and and he enjoyed it. He, 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 he <clears throat> enjoyed enjoy life as long as you can do it. Yeah. But no matter what, we're blessed further beyond measure when we leave this world, this earthen vessel. Uh, Ray, praying for lost loved ones and others that need the gospel and need to come to salvation. And um, uh, Trump for all Christians. Trump and all Christians. I hope Donald Trump's a Christian. You wonder about it, but... You do. Yeah. Uh, salvation for all. You had something after... I can't read, Ray. It's pre-R-O... Me? That's Ray. Oh. Well, you know what? God knows what it is. Well, uh, <laughs> not for I'm done for God. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, John, Rex, Ted, America, Israel, President Trump, unsaved family members, sons, daughters, and grandchildren. Let's join hands. And Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the ability to come together with you in our midst as your word is true and two or more are gathered that we might praise you, lifting you up because you are worthy. We pray that your will be done, your kingdom would come, and we know that it will. And we know that we can live with the kingdom here at hand as we live inside you and you in us, as you have written in John 17. 
God be with these concerns on this list tonight. You know the needs in each case. Teach us, Lord, tonight from your word and let iron sharpen iron in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Picture of the... Dave, did you know Harvey Mudder over in Bland? Yes, I did. Well, his brother, and I don't remember him, but his dog was working out here at the Mexican restaurant. I never last night. Uh, he had Larry. There's Larry, uh, could be, or Jerry Mudder, uh, Billy Mudder, and they had uh, Al- Alma also. So I'm just going to get this. I don't want to take just a little bit and go to uh, Romans um, 14 and I won't be but a short bit and I'll have Earl take it back to the Daniel study Uh, Romans I usually try to do this as we come upon Christmas and as Romans 14 will tell us here we don't uh, have to agree with one another on some of these ancillary matters or is the this is the niv it says disputable matters the king james says doubtful disputations uh, romans 14 at the beginning says accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters one man's faith allows him to eat everything but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables I've said before, show that to your Seventh Day Adventist and watch them squirm, because they're um, vegetarians. Vegetarians. Nothing wrong with being a vegetarian if you feel called to do it. It worked for Daniel, right? But um, in any event, uh, it says not to divide over these things. It says the man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not. And the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does, for God has accepted him. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. I trust that Seventh-day Adventist followers are actually saved, and the majority, just as in the same percentage as you'd find in any other denomination. They bring out Ellen White stuff in, and um, that's a problem. But they got taught that. A lot of them raised up in it. You know, it's the same thing with Catholics. A lot of Catholics never leave that uh, worldview, yet many understand who Christ is and are saved, I believe. Um, this is going to have to do with the Christmas tree and timing of Christmas, and I'm going to make it pretty quick. So just if you... Uh, We'll turn to, or just listen, is a Jeremiah chapter 10. And people will go to this passage to uh, say that God condemns a Christmas tree. Um, and again, I'm in the NIV, if you just want to listen to how it sounds. Uh, verse 3 of Jeremiah 10, for the customs... Of the peoples are worthless. They cut a tree out of the forest, and a craftsman shapes it with his chisel. They adorn it with silver and gold. They fasten it with hammer and nails, so it will not totter. Like a scarecrow in a melon patch, I do have to say, I like how the NIV put that. 
Their idols cannot speak. They must be carried because they cannot walk. Do not fear them. They can do no harm, nor can they do any good. This is simply describing an actual idol, a totem pole type idol. Um, that's not talking about a Christmas tree. Uh, you don't do you don't shape a Christmas tree with a chisel, hammer and chisel, but you do these idols. Um, look at Ezekiel seventeen. Some folks will just turn around and walk out of your house if you got a Christmas tree up. <laughs> oh, that's pagan. That two Babylons of Alexander Hislop has been debunked. He made that stuff up. He had a real axe to grind against the Catholic Church, which you could sympathize and understand. But he didn't need to make up stuff to um, prop up his point. Um, look at verse 22 of Ezekiel 17. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I myself will take a shoot from the very top of a cedar and plant it. I will break off a tender sprig from its topmost shoots and plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain heights of Israel I will plant it. It will produce branches and bear fruit and become a splendid cedar. Birds of every kind will nest in it. They will find shelter in the shade of its branches. All the trees of the field will know that I, the Lord, bring down the tall tree and make the low tree tall. I dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do it. God, in his word, uses a cedar tree to depict the Lord Jesus Christ. Right there. Go to Hosea. Um, I tell you, it's bad when all your cheat tabs start breaking off and you can't find the books you so used to being able to thumb to. get there it's the last chapter in Hosea this is uh, I'm just going to read verses 8 and 9 the last two verses in the entire book of Hosea O Ephraim what more have I to do with idols I will answer him and care for him. I am like a green pine tree. Now, some of your translations will say fir tree. And don't ever fail to understand when he says I am. I am. Maybe the most powerful and awesome phrase in all of Scripture. Yet he says I am like a green pine tree. Your fruitfulness comes from me. Who is wise, he will realize these things. Who is discerning, he will understand them. The ways of the Lord are right, the righteous walk in them, but the rebellious stumble in them. 
So um, a second time we see, even with that powerful I am at the beginning of it, we see God compare here himself to an evergreen tree. When you think about it, you know, that's an eternal life as a picture there. Um, and, and, you know, in the fall of the year and through the winter, everything loses all of its foliage, but not the, not the uh, evergreens. And I think God put them out there as kind of a, a picture of, of eternal life. You know, that's uh, not going to, these aren't going to lose their, their foliage. So, um, and maybe one last thing I'll add, and and it's on the twenty December twenty fifth birthday of Christ. Now, it's been said by so many. No, no, he's born in June. No, no, he's born in uh, September. And well, we took the priestly courses of Zechariah, and we figured when Zechariah, you know, had, had Father John the Baptist, and counted these months. I looked into that. <clears throat> there were two times in each year they, they would do two weeks. I guess in the temple service, two times a year, they had two weeks, and then later in the year they'd have two more weeks. You don't know which of those they were, for one thing. <coughs> um, anybody ever heard that the shepherds would not have had the sheep out at night uh, in December 25th because uh, it was too cold? You hear? You ever heard this? I just looked up, and I've been doing this for years. I just looked up the weather forecast for uh, Bethlehem West Bank for the 24th and the 25th of this month. Uh, overnight lows in the 40s, low to mid 40s. Daytime highs in the mid 50s. Uh, could you put a nice robe on and be out in 40 degree weather? Of course you could. It doesn't get as cold there as you would expect. But um, three early church fathers, and I've got their names written down, Cyril of Jerusalem, and he's, uh, he's the one who wrote to Rome and wanted to know when Jesus of Nazareth, who was Joseph and Mary's son, and figured out how to describe it, I don't know, born in Bethlehem, what was the date? And the Roman government came back with December the 25th is the date. Now, Alexander Hislop made up the idea that December 25th was Saturnalia. Well, he didn't per se make that up. There, there was that, but it wasn't the 25th. It was the 17th. It was December 17th. <coughs> and, but he hated the Catholic Church. Again, plenty of access to ground against the way the Catholic Church believes and teaches. But uh, you don't want to fabricate things to try to make your case. You don't need that. I mean, he told things like the wafer. Oh, the wafer's round, and that's a picture of um, this pagan uh, worshiper of the moon. And that's what these wafers are that these Catholics are handing out. They're worshiping the moon. Oblivious he was, I guess, to the fact that the manna was described that way that God gave out. That's probably where the Catholics came up with that. Um, stopped clock can be right twice a day, right? But, um, you know, the, uh, the biggest problem with what they've done 
is they're robbing the joy of the season. They make everybody that wants to... Now, we're not told to honor Christ's birthday in the Bible. We're not. They make you look like an idiot, though, if you do. You know, uh, and yes, Christmas has become extremely commercialized. Now, if you want to see pagan worship, there it is. Worshiping money, Santa Claus. But there is two other early church fathers. John Chrysostom was one. They all adhere to the December 25th birth date of Christ. Now, somebody would have called them on that early in if it hadn't been so. You know, because it was more or less contemporary there to their time. Like, okay, the Kennedy assassination. If we said, if we were writing and we wanted to refer to John F. Kennedy was killed uh, September 1st in Orlando, Florida, how long would you get away with that? You wouldn't. No, he was killed in Dallas, Texas, November 22nd, 1963, by the CIA. Um, but see what I mean. These papers, these writings, would have called, been called into question on that date, but no one did. The people that were closest to the actual birth of Christ did not question that date. So I would just suggest that we not we don't question it because I think for some folks, not all, some some are just wanting to be as right as they can be, and that's okay. Some want to just rob the joy. You know, and a lot of the, the Christmas hymns refer to him being born, you know, Christmas Day and you know, <clears throat> the, the cold. Uh, it was probably pretty chilly overnight, but not you're not going to freeze to death. They brought the sheep down out of the mountains as winter set in because there was less to eat for them, and they would feed them, I'm assuming, from stored hay or whatever, throughout the cold months, just like farmers do with cattle right now. They'll let them graze as long as there's something to eat, but it gets all eat up, and they bring them close to the barns, and they feed them hay. So that's why the shepherds had their, she their sheep near there at Bethlehem. That's all I had. I mean, and it's okay not to believe that, of course, but I just wanted us to know if you want a Christmas tree, you're not being sacrilegious. You know, you got a good good footing to say no. That's a that that's a that's a picture of of our Lord. Well, who can tell you that? He told us. He told us that himself. He told us that himself. So anyway, I yield back. Well, you know, if you get into these holidays, <coughs> when this happens, when that happens, the most pagan holiday that we've got in history is Easter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not on Passover, unless by pure coincidence. It could, it could be by, yeah, by pure coincidence. But Easter goes back way back into Babylon mm -hmm. uh, to not Nimrod. Uh, I mean, not uh, Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon, but mm -hmm. Nimrod's Babylon. And you can trace that all the way down, and that's as pagan as it gets. We kind of like to say resurrection. But, uh, well, that's the best. Uh, you can say that or first fruits. 
Um, but uh, I taught that once in school, and one one of the ladies said, "There goes my Easter." There goes my Easter. <laughs> well, well, the thing about it is, uh, they turned it into a joke with the Easter bunny and the eggs. Well, yeah. see, that's yeah. now that did come out of Alexander Hislop, you yeah. know, and he said it was Ishtar, and she had a bunny that that laid eggs. Um, how he come up with that? And there was no corroboration anywhere else from it, uh, but um, well, Ishtar means the god of fertility. Now it has many other names. If you go down through history. Uh, and, and what better symbol of fertility can you get? Than a rabbit. Than a rabbit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah. Well, we know that any time we try to worship God in any manner, the devil's going to get in the middle of it and run. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's a fact. I want to wait to Ray gets back. He asked a question a while ago, okay. and I don't want to leave him confused. That, that might be impossible. <laughs> right. Uh, but has anybody got any questions about Daniel so far? We're near the end of chapter two. I don't. I don't think so. I think we got out about verse twelve or thirteen, didn't we? Of two or three. Two. Yeah, we were we're midway then. There, yeah. Well, now what I want to do is make you Nebuchadnezzar. Okay. And, and now remember, you have just conquered the whole known world. You the king over everything. And that's Joe Biden, I know. I can tell that's him. <laughs> that's the ring. Yeah, I'd be surprised at that. He'd hang up on him. <laughs> Daniel, you go out to change the subject. You can run out to Food City and buy you a Christmas tree for fifty nine ninety nine. Okay. Yeah, fifty nine. They got them out there, huh? Okay. Wonder what to pay for them in New York, though. Uh, Origins. Yeah, you know, I don't, the the one there at the White House fell over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Said the wind blew it over, but who knows? Yeah, <laughs> well, I think there was a little, uh, <laughs> yeah. a little divine intervention. Yeah, the, the intervention. Yeah, little things like that. Are, can come up to the farm and as many as you want. I do not know if we'll put one up. If we do, we're just going to put a little bitty one because it crowds this room and we use this room for more important things. Yeah. You know? But until Ray gets back, you inherited your father and grandfather's staff. We call them the wise men, the magicians, the sorcerers, whatever. And you had reason to believe from the past, before you even took Daniel his boys into captivity, that they couldn't cut the mustard. And you had this dream, you probably had it more than once, and it's about the future of the Gentiles, from Babylon until Armageddon. And you asked this question to them, you said, you told Ariok, your servant, to go get these people and get them to come into me and tell me what I dreamed and what the interpretation of the dream was. Well, Ariok did. Brought them all in. And the boy couldn't tell him what the dream was. And now, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, at this point in time, did not know the God of heaven. He did not know. He had his own God. But you had to get the feeling that he suspected that they something higher up. Yeah. Than he than what he was dealing with. Ray, before we get into this, I'll ask you ask that question you asked me what a moment ago. You said your arithmetic wasn't working out. Well, I'll take it, David. The sixty two weeks and the forty nine 
or the seven weeks, you come up with 483. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And he died in 32 AD. So you take that off, and there's no year zero. Uh-huh. So you end up with 450. And you say it's 445. Now, did, uh, explain to me where that 450 came from. That's what I, fi I figure. From where to where now? Well, if he died in... Now, who died? Wait just a minute. Well, four, I think 400, 483 years. Okay, now, go to Daniel. You and Daniel 9. Okay. Go to Daniel 9 just a moment. And, and get, read the first verse. Now, I want you, you've got a pencil and some paper. I want you to do a little arithmetic. Now, I don't get into this because we'll be here until the rapture. <laughs> That'd be all right. <laughs> but now, what Daniel was doing, he he was praying what would be the future of his people after they came back from the Babylonian captivity. There was all kinds of information that they would come back, but there wasn't any information what would be their fate after they did come back. So God gave him Gabriel to go to Daniel and give him that vision. Now read the first verse in verse twenty-four. In the first year of Darvis, the king. Not in, in verse 24. Read so. verse 24. Yeah. Now, like I said, I don't want to get into this too deep because we... 70 weeks. Okay, and other, our, our other translation is 77. That's what NIV has, okay. 77. That's the better translation. So, it's a week of years. Now, remember the Jews. If I told you I was going to be gone for seven days, or put it another way, if I would be, told you I would be gone for a week, I'd be gone seven days, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the Jews is not that way. They had a week of days, a week of weeks, a week of months, and a week of years. And of course, they're all divisible by seven. Now, you take seven times 70, right? That's what you, I will give yeah. you. They the reason we're in the Babylonian captivity, what? 490. Yeah. 490. Times seven is how much? Of times seven? Mm -hmm. No, wait a minute. Seven, 70 times seven. It says 77 is we give it. 490. That's 490. Now, we've got to convert that into days. Now, you know the biblical days are 360 days per year. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, that's 490 times 376,400. So, so, do what with it? Just divide. divide 360 it. times uh, 490. 360 times 490. Okay. Or 490 times 360, you put it that way. 490 times 360. Uh -huh. 176,400. Yeah. Right? That's right. Uh -huh. Okay, now that's how many days yeah. was in that whole 490 years. Now, when you get down to what you're talking about, the 483. I was doing it in years instead of days. Yeah. Now, we, when we get to that, we're going to convert it back over into 365 days. Yeah. But now, take take the 69 uh, times 7. That's four, uh, uh, 483. 69 times 7. 483, right? Times 360. That's 173,880. Right? Now, you've got... Total is 176,400. 483 of those years were fulfilled in verse 25. 
when Artaxerxes came to power in Nehemiah chapter 2, and that's in 445 B.C., March the 14th, 445 B.C. Now remember, in the Jewish calendar, their month started new moon, new moon, yeah. and the new moon. But it was, if you count it, 29 days, 30 days, 29 days, 30 days. That's when Hezekiah had to add another month in 701 B.C. to make it come out all 30 days. I think they drew from that nine times, I believe, in, in 19 years, something like that. They do that extra day. But now, if you take that, now how many days have you got total? Here? You got, that's not complete there. Okay. Uh, take uh, 176,400 and distract that from it. 176,000. Subtract this from it. What's that? 173, 8, what? 888. Okay. 173,888. Okay. It's going to give you 2,520. So you mean clear this and put. Yeah. Okay. You put 176,400. Right? Is that what you want? No. Okay. Take 176,880. Minus 173,883. 23,000, 83,883. Now, read verse 2 and 3, but read them real slow. Now then, I tell you the truth, three more kings will... No, uh, Revelation chapter 11. Okay. Verse 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. It says, but exclude the outer court. Do not measure it because it has been given to the Gentiles. They will trample on the holy city for 42 months. Now, 42 months times 30 days is how long? 1260. Three and a half years. 1260, right? Okay, now read verse 3. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1260 days clothed in sackcloth. Okay, now add those two days, those two times together. Seven years. Put it in days. So add them, to, add them together and put it in days. 1260, 1260 is 2,520, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And add that to the 173,880 and you're going to come out with 176,400. What's yeah. the starting with you? Right. Good. I know that's as simple as it can be. I, <laughs> <laughs> Did you see? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> now, we're not leaving you confused, I hope. No. I came in confused. Oh, okay. Now, what you got to do is transfer that over into days. you got so many days, but you keep going. It, it started in, in March of 14, 445 B.C., and everything is total. The, the first 69 weeks, April the 6th, 32 A.D. 
the day of uh, the triumph. That's when the Messiah wrote yeah. in the triumphal entry, mm -hmm. and he wept over the city, and he said, for this reason, these things are hidden from your eyes. And in verse 44, the reason they're hidden, you did not know the time of my visitation. Yeah. Okay. Yoki? You just going back to the bathroom? Or? Yeah. Turbo's locked up in the basement and he ain't happy, I can tell you that. Oh, is he barking? No, he's scratching on the door and walking out. Oh, okay. Okay, getting back to your Nebuchadnezzar. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, now you've had, you've had this dream, probably more than one, and you call your staff in to tell you what the dream was. Of course, we know they couldn't do it. And you apparently knew that to begin with. You said, you tell me what the dream is, and then tell me what it means. And they made the statement that nobody could do that. <laughs> There's nobody alive except God. Yeah. somebody higher than we are can do that. And I'm gonna, I don't know where we got down to, but I'm going to pick it up at verse uh, uh, 13, I believe. It won't hurt to go back over something. Pick it up at verse 14. Then with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the last men of Babylon. Now you gave him the command, because these guys couldn't cut the mustard. We're going to kill them all. And Daniel and his three friends, uh, friends was in that category. So they was when they killed the wise men and all these so-called smart guys, Daniel and his buddies were included mm -hmm. in, in those people. So in verse 15, he answered and said to Daniel, he answered to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree from the king so urgent and so harsh? Then Arioch made the decision known to Daniel. In other words, he told him why that he couldn't, he wanted him to kill because he couldn't tell him what he wanted to know. Mm -hmm. Now, that's pretty tough. He was pretty hard on it. You uh, didn't give him a chance to wiggle out of it. Verse 16, so Daniel uh, went in. Now, now this is an issue right here. I don't think that Daniel went in because you don't go into a king. This, back in those days, so you had to have authority to go in. Now, Ariok could have went to Nebuchadnezzar and told him Daniel was out here and he wanted to come in and talk to him. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, that's what happened. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time and he might tell the king the interpretation. <coughs> now, just, just visualize this for a moment. He went in and, and you're the, you the boss over everything. And I say, I'm Daniel. I go in and say, I'm going to tell you what it means. And he didn't say, and I'm going to tell you what the dream was. If I tell you what it means, you're going to know what the dream was because I can't tell you what the dream means if I didn't know what it was. You with me? Right. Okay. Then Daniel went to his house. Now he did that before he even prayed. That's pretty, that's right much faith. I don't know if anybody here except Jerry's got that much faith. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a spirit uh, gift. It is. But he Daniel knew that God was going to answer his prayer. Him, yeah. So verse sixteen. Or 17, and Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, that they might seek mercy, mercy from God of heaven.
concerning this secret so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the Lord God of heaven. And he goes on. Now, you know, most of us would have went in and said, see what I've done? I've got that interpretation of the dream and know what it was. Look at me. Yeah. Daniel didn't even go there. He said, I didn't have anything to do with it in a sense. He said, God of heaven has revealed, has revealed this to me. And he knew that God was going to reveal it to him. Verse 20, And Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. Now we know all this, and he changes the times and seasons. He moves, removes kings and raises up kings, and knowledge to those who have understanding. Someone read Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1, just a moment. And we keep that with Joe Biden in mind. God sets up kings and That's right. Kings. That's right. Proverbs 21. 1. <clears throat> the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. He directs it like a water course wherever he pleases. Okay. Now, I don't believe Joe Biden is in power just by coincidence. Now, there's some things happening. We can go here or go there. Mm -hmm. But I think we're living in such a time right now that some things only Joe Biden could have accomplished. And none of them was good. Yeah. And we're, I think we're living in, in prophetic times. I do too. I think we're living in prophetic times. And a lot of people have asked me, do you think America can be restored? Well, I won't say no, but I do believe it can't be. I think we're too far gone. Very unlikely. Now, I do believe if God chose to, he can bring America back to what it once was. But I don't think he's going to choose to. Uh, like some people ask me about the unpardonable sin. You don't mind if I chase your rabbit, do you? No, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, you know what the unpardonable sin was in, in uh, uh, Matthew 12. Yeah. Blaspheming the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> now, what is blaspheming the Holy Spirit? I mean, what, what do you do to do this? Just deny God every opportunity that exactly. comes your way. What, what you do is the only way you can blaspheme the Holy Spirit right now with us is dialogue. That way you've rejected the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Now, can the unpardonable sin ever be committed in context in the church age? And the answer is no. The application of the unpardonable sin can be. But I believe the unpardonable sin can be committed in the tribulation by taking the mark of the beast. Mm -hmm. If you take the mark of the beast, what's your status? What's your, what's your future? You're done. You're dead meat. Okay. So I do believe the mark of the beast can never... I heard Ironside make this statement once. He said the three principles when it comes to studying the Bible. There's a primary interpretation. It means what it says and says what it means. Period. Number two, there's a practical or personal application. It can mean something to you or to you. Not the same thing to me. That doesn't change the primary interpretation. And I've heard many times, I bet every one of you have too, two people in an argument about a scripture and you both completely dead set on it. And this third party, well, you both may be right. Well, that's the impossibility on the primary interpretation. You could both be right on the 
practical or personal application. <coughs> what it means to you, it may mean, but that don't change the primary interpretation. That's like scripture is not given to any private interpretation. Yes. It says. Like yes. The Jews argue and have three, three answers. Carry on. And then the third principle in most scriptures, there's a prophetic revelation. Now, what I mean by prophetic revelation, and I use something that most people, they know about it, but they don't put it in a prophetic revelation category. This woman with the issue of blood. You remember her, when she came to Jesus? Mm -hmm. how, <clears throat> how long had she had the issue of blood? Twelve years. Twelve years. He was on the way to raise up a Jewish girl, which is how old. That's the Holy Spirit saying, put these together because there's something else going on here. Mm -hmm. So the the girl was dead in, a, in that sense. She was Jewish, right? What happened to Jews? What we just talked about a moment ago. God set them aside and says, these things are hidden from your eyes, right? In other words, he's not dealing with Israel right now as a nation. As a nation. Now, if you're a Jew and become a believer in Christ, you are born again, baptized by the Holy Spirit, and united into the union of the church. Now that don't change your nationality, but you're still not the nation. The nation. The woman that issue of blood had to be a Gentile, because if you're a Jew, blood is unclean, right? And she would have been outside the gate. She, she wouldn't have been in, inside the gate. So she had to be a, a Gentile. Mm -hmm. The Jewish girl was a type of Israel. The Gentile woman, whose blood is a type of the church. On the way to raise up Israel, God healed, huh. cool. formed the church. Yeah. See that? Yep, I do. Yeah. You with me? Yeah. Okay. That's it. That's just a little rabbit trail. That's the reason I can't get anywhere. That's just, <laughs> no, I mean, that's, you, you, did, you did get work. Get somewhere, that's good. Uh, now, Jerry can tell you that we get through about two verses a day, right? <laughs> <laughs> or study, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, you know, every time I get into something like this, all of this comes back to my mind, sure. you know, and I say, well, maybe they haven't been through this. Or maybe they have. You link it up, link it all up together. Link it up. So that's the prophetic revelation. Now, there's a lot more than that. That's just one of the odd ones that you don't hardly hear, ever hear very often. And that was Hosea 12.10. I have spoken by the prophets, uh, given visions for the prophets, and given similitude through and by the prophets. What's a similitude? A type of. Mm -hmm. They're all over the Bible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. These similitudes are models is all over the Bible. That's just like those evergreen trees earlier. It tells you what they are. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, any questions? Now, I like to have comments. I like to have comments and yeah. questions. That's what makes a good Bible study. It does. Yeah. Uh, Bob, spit something out. Might be a denture. Not yet. No, I'm I'm learning, you know, so I don't I don't have anything to contribute to positive. Well, it doesn't you don't have to contribute. I'm just wondering about that rabbit thing. Where where did he wind up going? Well he he's just liable to run around the south and come back back to the same place. Okay. <laughs> He, he, may just, he may go right around. Okay. And that's back. what Turbo's barking about. <laughs> <laughs> but now back to you. You're still sitting, say you're sitting in the seat here and you you, you got your chin down. You know what the wise men told you. They don't know. And here comes Daniel. Now he, in verse 21, 
He changes the times and seasons, removes kings and sets up kings. He reveals deep and dark secrets. We know that he knows what is in the darkness as light dwells within him. I thank you and praise you, O God my Father, you have given me wisdom and might and have made me known to me what we have asked of you. For you have made known to us the king's demand. In other words, you have showed me exactly what the king, you, Nebuchadnezzar, has asked. Tell me what the dream is and tell me what it means. In verse 24, Now therefore Daniel went into Arioch, who the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus to him. Now this is Arioch going in now. Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Take me before the king, for I will tell you the king in his interpretation. Then Arioch quickly brought Daniel before the king and said to him, I have found the man of the captivity of Judah who will make known the king's interpretation. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and his interpretation? Now you, you're sitting there on, the, on your throne the most powerful man in the world, and you just know, knew what your wise men had done a few hours before, or a few a day before. They didn't know what the, what the dream was. And you're sitting there, oh sure, you're going to be the same way. I understand that. It running in his mind, you can just see it. He don't know either. But read verse uh, 27. Then danger asks, uh, answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king has demanded in the wise men and astrologers and magicians and soothsayers cannot declare to the king. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Now, don't confuse the latter days with the last days. It's a different issue. The last days started with Jesus. And we've been going through the last days for the last 2,000 years. The latter days is probably the tribulation and maybe the very middle of the tribulation. And this translation says what will happen in the days to come. Yeah. So, you know, if people say we're living in the latter days, no, we're not. We're living in the last days. Unless you're Mormon. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're living in the last days. Verse 29, As for you, O king, came to your mind while you were on your bed. Now that got his attention right now. You can see me all do Yeah. On your bed. Yeah, okay, it's a dream. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, verse 30, For me, the secret has been revealed to me because I have made wisdom in living for yourself, O king, your interpretation of the king that you may know through the thought of your heart. You, O king, were watching and behold a great image. Now that got his attention. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly what I dreamed. Who is this guy? Mm hmm and, and you, you can tell by, the, by his conversation later on, he knows there's somebody else mm -hmm. up there. Verse 31, You, O king, will watch it, and behold, a great image, the great image whose splendor was excellent, stood before you, and his form were awesome. This image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, his belly and thighs of bronze, his legs of iron, his feet partly of iron and partly of clay. Now I want to stop there. When we get to the next verse, when you say you watch while it's stone, anybody got an idea who that stone is? Came rolling down and, and smashed 
all these images together. Mm -hmm. Christ is always the rock, right? Right. And we're going to look at that in Revelation, mm -hmm. probably sometime. <laughs> now, these four images, how many kingdoms has ruled, Gentile kingdoms, now when you see kingdoms or nations, it always means Gentile, unless the context absolutely demands otherwise. When you see the word nation singular, it means Israel. But nations is always Gentile. How many, now you answered this the other day, and you're right to a point. How many nations has ruled the earth, totally ruled the earth, from Daniel's time until Armageddon? Four. See, that's how many images he saw. The Babylonians, the Medes, Persians, Greece, and Rome in two phases. Mm -hmm. Now, they were two before that. Mm -hmm. Assyrian and Egyptians. And that's where you get the seven heads that the Antichrist has in Revelation 13. And he has got a little bit of combination of all of them with him, mixed in with him. Now, the metal of which the great image was composed of deteriorated from the head down to the feet, illustrating the continued decrease in the absolute power. Someone read uh, chapter 5, verse 19 of Daniel. <clears throat> now, nobody else, I want to give you an example here of, of how much authority you've got, Nebuchadnezzar's got. Chapter 5, verse 19. Uh -huh. Because of the high position he gave him, all the peoples and nations and men of every language dreaded and feared him. Those the king wanted to put to death, he put to death. Those he wanted to spare, he spared. Those he wanted to promote, he promoted. Those he wanted to humble, he humbled. Now, is that total power? Yep. Now, go over to chapter... Don't go there, but we just, just keep this in context. When you go to chapter 5, or chapter 6, the lion's den. Mm -hmm. When Darius threw Daniel into the lion's den, he made this decree through pride. If he didn't bow down to him, to, to Darius, or he was going to throw him in the lion's den. And after he he done made his decree and, and put his signet on it, he wanted to change his mind. They wouldn't let him, right? He couldn't do it. He said, you can't change it for, I believe it's 30 days. Was it 30 days? Now that I can't remember. Okay, we'll, we'll get to it. But anyway, you couldn't change. Yeah, it was 30 days. Okay. You couldn't change your decree for 30 days. Could that have happened to Nebuchadnezzar? No. Verse 19, he had all authority to do everything he wanted to when he wanted to do it. So, so do you see the deterioration, the going down? Mm -hmm. Not only in, in uh, uh, corruption, but in power also. Stature. Yeah. Because yeah. it was uh, Darius that defeated Nebuchadnezzar's grandson. He didn't, it wasn't really a fight, was it? They just no. slipped into the city. Well, they defeated the Babylonians the same way the Babylonians I mean. defeated Nineveh and the Assyrians. Mm -hmm. They diverted the river. One of them was the right. Tigris River, another one was the Euphrates. They went in under the They town. went in under the gate. Yeah. With Belshazzar had such pride that he got drunk at this party, he didn't even let the uh, gates lower down before yeah. they couldn't get through it. And they were using the temple uh, items, yeah. drinking. He, that's, that's where the problem came in. See, Nebuchadnezzar, he stole all the items and mm -hmm. took them back to his place and put them in his, I call it museum. But he never used them. Mm -hmm. But when, when Belshazzar took over, 
and got drunk, and, he, and his party got drunk, he went and said, go get the utensils that we brought back from Babylon. That's when it was over. And that was his grandson, wasn't it? Yeah. That yeah. Was his grandson. Meany, meany, tackle the farson. Yeah, yeah. You found wanting, and today your life will be taken from you. Yeah. Wait in the Handwriting on the Now, Nebuchadnezzar had two or three sons. Evil Murdoch was one of them. Yeah. Uh, I forget the name of the other, but they were bad. They was yeah. they wasn't good kings well, either. Well, this guy, when he got the handwriting on the wall, he couldn't he couldn't hold his bowels. Well, that's what he, <laughs> that's what, what what that means. Wines moved loosened. He, he had to go to the bathroom and didn't make it. Right. That's, exactly. That, that's what he, that's what he's talking about. Yeah. But we'll get to that when we get to chapter yeah. five. But any questions? What was that guy's name? That one guy, Murdoch or Evil Murdoch. Back here, in, in, uh, when Daniel was given this dissertation in verse 27, no, uh, 27, and it, you know, he said, uh, astrologers, magicians, soothsayers, show the king. I wonder how long it took him to say, but. Uh, not long. Huh? <laughs> because, yeah. because that's what he'd already heard. I was, I was thinking that when we read that passage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you better get that out pretty quick because, <laughs> yeah. you know. Oh yeah, but <laughs> yeah. because because he's about to get lose his head right there. Well, I mean, he had the power to do it, Nebuchadnezzar yeah. was yeah. done. And, and if he hadn't said the right words, it'd have been gone because yeah. he'd already said out to kill the wife. You know, yeah, the fact that Nebuchadnezzar entertained listening to Daniel, you kind of get the feeling that maybe he thought there was something. They Absolutely, there was yeah. something. Because when you get to chapter four, of course, that's a few years down the road. Mm -hmm. Now this is two years after. Chapter one. Yeah, and and also uh, this is he was astonished at the wisdom of Daniel and oh, yeah. three when they were like seventeen or eighteen years old and probably here they were seventeen when they was taken. It's probably fifteen. Yeah, give, but give you know they held them three years and then yeah. brought them before the king, and and he said, "There's none wiser, smarter, uh -huh. brighter, good, better." So he than. knew right then. Yeah, something is going. But he, you know, he wasn't sure. Yeah, but. But the rulers of the seceding empires had their power more and more declining until in the last day of the Roman Empire. Now remember, the Medes and Persians defeated Babylon. Mm -hmm. Babylon was the least, helped power the least length of time of any of 87 years. Mm -hmm. Then came the Medes and Persians. The Greeks and Alexander the Great defeated them. Mm -hmm. Then Ptolemy and some of the other guys, Rome was a little colony at the time, they defeated the Greeks and then grew into the major, major empire that it was. Who defeated, question, who defeated the Romans? Themselves. The Visigoths and the Goths? They fell apart from within. Within like themselves. We're on that paradigm. We're right on that line. We're right on that line. One thing makes me wonder with America's uh, parallel to Rome is we have access to a lot more armament than their citizens had. So it could be a lot worse. The oh, fall, yeah. The fall could be a lot worse. It could be. But on the other hand, if, if we, and, and I still believe that this guy's in, the, in power, president right now, because God chose him to be yeah. for what is coming. Mm hmm for what is coming. So what do you think about voting? Does that make any sense when God puts in who he wants and takes out who he wants? Oh yeah, he, it's just like do we have a choice to accept Christ as a Savior or not? Mm -hmm. We do have a choice. And I think that we have a choice to vote a good person or a bad person mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. 
and and God intends it wants us to do that to do the right one. to do the right one. Well, I believe that the people voted in 2020 overwhelmingly to reelect Trump. And the cabal, oh, they, they yeah. stole it. I do too. You know, yeah. they stole it with false well, stole with God's permission. God let them do it. Yes, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anytime people ask me, why did this happen? Or why did this happen? I take them right back to the Garden of Eden. Why did God let Eve, then Adam, eat from the forbidden fruit? And it's a little item called the free will. Mm-hmm. God made ever ever approach in the world for us to go to heaven. But yet, in the process, he gave us a... Uh, an abortion. What's the word I'm looking for? A uh, Opportunity. Yeah, but there's another word. Anyway, the, the privilege to overdo what he meant for us to do. And that's called the free will. Mm-hmm. Attribute. That's what I was trying to think of. He gave us the attribute to either... In this case, eat the fruit or not eat the fruit. What would have happened if they hadn't eaten the fruit? Mm-hmm. They would have lived in there. Now, a person asked me the other day, and I'm going to tell you why I said no. Did Adam and Eve have a glorified body? No. Can you give me an answer why? Now, no, when no. I when I ask these questions, I'm not trying to put it about yeah. the spot. They hadn't died no. yet. Exactly. Exactly, because if they had a glorified body, they would have never die. Here's another question: Did they have belly buttons? <laughs> I, I don't, I've heard that all my life. I don't know. Well, it certainly was in a better environment. It does. It doesn't matter. But it is. now you see a better environment. In the image of God, did God have a belly button? <laughs> no. no. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail. Come on. That's okay. Uh, but. I lost between the thought now. Say something. Did Adam and Eve um, live in a better environment? Dimensionality is a lot. Now, you know, if you study the scripture, most good theologians believe we live, that, that they are, there is a 10 dimension yeah. atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Not here, right now, but total. Four of them are known, six of them are unknown. Mm-hmm. Now, we know Jesus had more than height, width, depth. And Einstein's proved that time was one, at least half a dimension, because nobody can remember tomorrow, can we? Not yet. <laughs> we can remember yesterday, hopefully. But they believe when Adam and Eve fell, that split the universe, and that's when the four dimensions became known, and six of them became unknown. So was Adam and Eve living in a ten-dimension? Probably. Well, yeah, I've heard I've heard it uh, thought that uh, preached and taught that Adam had. Well, we know he had some certain dominions we don't have. Oh yeah. He could call on the animals and maybe even talk to them. I don't know. Yeah. You know, and they understood and perhaps talked back. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but they certainly came to him because he named them all. Huh. Yeah. Well, just talk about the resurrection for a moment, or, or your glorified body, not necessarily yeah. the resurrection, but that goes with it. As anybody right now, and the reason I'm asking this, the question has been asked to me right recently, mm-hmm. how many people right now has had or does have a glorified body? None of us. <laughs> Maybe only Christ. Only Christ. Mm-hmm. Now they say, no, Enoch's got a glorified body. 
Didn't die. He didn't die. A lot of people says Elijah has a glorified body. Now, that's easy to prove. No, he does not. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he's one of the two witnesses. Mm -hmm. And he dies at the middle of the tribulation. Mm -hmm. If he had a glorified body, he would not have died. He cannot die. A glorified body can't die. Right. And, and, and uh, Lazarus was raised from the dead, but well, now, he didn't go to heaven. Now, that, exactly. Now, that comes in Hebrews 9, 27. It's appointed man wants to die after that's judgment. That's not talked about. Physical death. Physical death. Or, uh, how many times did Lazarus die? Twice. Twice. Jairus' daughter. Twice. There's coming a generation that won't see death. So what Hebrews 9, 27 is talking about, once you die lost, you stay lost. Mm -hmm. The second death. Yeah. The second death. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Any comments? No. Nope. I know I'm not doing this good of a job. No, we just got 15 comments. Do what? We just have 15 comments. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, let me go back up in uh, verse 31. You, O king, was watching, and behold, a great image, this great image was splendor, was excellent, stood before you, and its form were awesome. In other words, beautiful. Now, when we get through chapter 2, I want us to briefly go through chapter 7. Not in death, but briefly, because this is the same time period that Daniel had to be. The four beasts come out of the sea mm -hmm. 50 years later. That mm -hmm. was from God's viewpoint. Mm -hmm. This yeah, image. Yeah. Now, what this is from man's viewpoint. See how splendid and how beautiful this gold and silver and stuff were? Mm -hmm. That's from man's viewpoint. This image that... Uh, Daniel had in chapter 7 covers the same time period. Mm. Four beasts. Mm -hmm. But they came up out of the, of the sea. That's the Gentile nations. But that's from God's viewpoint. Terrible, awful mm. looking images. Well, when Nebuchadnezzar, uh, when he told him this dream, um, he forgot about the, the other elements of the statue. He only remembered the gold. Well, now when you get to chapter chapter three, his pride got the best of it, right. and he didn't want to split the kingdoms up. He wanted to have it all. Yeah, so forever. He, and he made the whole image of gold. Now, probably it was overlaid with gold. Yeah, yeah, but he he was hearkening back to the to this revelation. Yeah, because he said, "Hmm, I'm such a good guy. I'm just going to make an image like that." Well, I'm going to get it all. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> going to take it all. I'm not dividing. But, the kingdom and of, that's what the Antichrist does. He makes the image. The false prophet, yeah. 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 The false prophet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Obviously, thank you. Just give me some soda water. It smells like bourbon. Have a sip if you want. Clear bourbon. No, lips that touch liquor shall never touch mine. <laughs> now. Next week, I want to get into a little bit what is specific gravity. Because you know gold is heavier than silver. Right. Mm -hmm. right on down. And we'll get into that just a little bit. But I want, verse uh, 34, You washed while a stone was cut out without hands and struck at the image. Now the image, how many kingdoms did it have in it? Four. Plus one. Four in two phases. Rome was in two phases. The two feet. Yeah. The two feet. Mm -hmm. And he struck, he struck them all. 
Go to Revelation chapter 19. We can close it up here after Revelation 19. Okay. A little over an hour in, so. In verse 11. Then I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. Now this is the stone that we're talking about in Daniel 2. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and the righteousness he judged and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. We'll talk about that later to get the description of what he what it is. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with rope, dripped drip in blood, and his name was called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed with fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now, all this means purity. Now, are there actually live horses in heaven? I don't think so. Now, you read some scriptures in the Bible in Jeremiah, and Jeremiah, and the horses means judgment. And what Jesus was coming to do is bring judgment on the Gentile nation. Verse 15, And now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, and with him you should strike the nations, the Gentiles. That's what, that's what we're talking about in, in Daniel 2. And he himself will rule over the, with the rod of iron. He who treads the winepress pierces in, in the wrath of the Almighty. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written. And it goes on. And I'll pick it up at verse 20. Verse 19. Yeah. And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. Then, here's the stone, what the stone does. Then the beast was captured. The beast is the Antichrist. And with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark or, or committed the unpardonable sin. I put it that way. Those two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Those two are going to be the first two people ever go into the lake of fire. Mm -hmm. Now, after the thousand years is over, and Satan is loose from not not the lake of fire, but from Hades, the pit, yeah. the pit, he is cast in there where the false prophet and the, and the beast is Yeah, still. if you read it literally, it he never from, even goes to hell. He yeah, goes roaming the, roaming the earth right now to the pit, like a fire. Uh, yeah. On this, one thing I just want to run this by you. Um, okay, the armies of heaven on white horses, and it says they're, they're dressed in white and uh, that they uh, are clean, dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Now we know from Thess 1 Thessalonians 4, he says, we believe that Jesus died and rose again, <clears throat> so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. So Jesus comes back and he's got this army. Is there anywhere an angel rides a horse? Could this be? That could be angels because we know angels comes with it. it very I don't think that means literal horses. I think it means judgment and righteousness and power. Are those people coming with him? Oh, we're coming with them. That's us right there. Well, that's what I was getting at. Will we in any way fight? Absolutely. No, no. No, we're just coming with him watching him. He mm -hmm. doesn't fight to see it yeah. says. Because it says his, his robes are dipped in the blood of the martyrs. Uh-huh. And, and we're like the cheerleaders. Dressed in, in yeah, white. Yeah, you can put it that way. So angels wouldn't be described as dressed in <clears throat> white and clean. God's angels are naturally clean. I think us... Um, 
Yeah, I think we, we would be there watching him handle this whole thing. Fine linen, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's pure. Yeah, that's pure. a description of a believer uh-huh. dressed in a fine linen. Dressed in, in light and fine linen, uh, pure. Uh, we can go into Revelation chapter 7 about how, now that's a tribulation order. Mm-hmm. Well, how many saint, groups of saints are there in, in the world? It's become, groups of saints? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm glad you asked him. You're either a saint or you ain't. That's the way well, I look at it. Well, yeah, but now, are, are we? Raptured saints. Are, yeah. are we saints? We're you got tribulation saints. saints. Are, are we a saint of the Old Testament? No. no. There's Old Testament saints, there's church age saints, and there's tribulation saints. See, when you study, you've got to determine which one. It, when it says saints, in one place it says in Matthew that he'll overcome. Uh, the gates of hell will not prevail against him. Right. Uh, but in Revelation, it says, he, uh, Daniel, we're going to get to that, that he'll overcome the saints. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Matthew is talking about the church age saints, and Daniel is talking about the tribulation saints. Who's going to overcome, overtake us? Antichrist. Not us. We'll, no, we'll right. be gone. Yeah, yeah, greater is he that's in us. Well, we'll be gone. you got tribulation. I think there's a good case the church of Laodicea. When he says, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. You know, you don't want to be that guy. Yeah, now see, that's the point, Bob. You almost think, well, what do you mean by overcoming us? He's not going to overcome the church age saints because we're going to be right. gone. He's going to overcome the tribulation saints. Mm-hmm. And it says so. <coughs> it says so. How does he overcome it? He's going to, you're going to lose your head. Yeah. I'll just scratch Okay. Now that don't mean they're going to hell. Don't misunderstand that. No, 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 I realize that. But when it's all said and done, we're all in the same boat. Yeah. Well, not exactly. The Old Testament saints and and the tribulation saints. Did he expose? He's getting cat scratched over here. Uh, Do not stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now they're judged, but they don't go to the same judgment that we go to. So we got the Bema Seat judgment. That's the judgment seat of Christ. For us. Now where are they going to be judged at? On earth. Mm-hmm. On earth. Okay. Great white throne. No, that, that's no, not that's believers. That's, that's the, the end of yeah, the truth. I mean, but there, there should us. be saved people there. Because um, I know Ryrie, Charles Ryrie says they'll all be dead at the white throne judgment. But I mean, the implication is there will be a means of it looks like they're going to resume temple sacrifices and everything. Well, one quick question I'm going to hush. I do not believe there'll be any saved people physically in their bodies at the Great White Throne or at that time period. Because I don't think after the millennial starts, if anybody dies saved, I think the first resurrection is over at the second coming. Revelation chapter 20, verse 6 verses. And, and if they're saved during the millennium, I don't think they can be resurrected in the first resurrection because it's over. Mm-hmm. Now they can be resurrected to the second resurrection mm-hmm. and stand before the great white throne. But and in that case be judged fit for the New Jerusalem? No, I think they're already judged for New Jerusalem. The ones that enter into the millennium. The, the, this is the sheep and goat judgment. Yeah. 
That's at the beginning of the millennial age, right? Yes. Or at the end of the tribulation. You put yeah. it both ways. Right, right. All right, y'all ready? All right. Bud, you want to close us tonight? Yes. <clears throat> Let's pray. Dear Father, we come to you and we uh, thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy and we thank you for these men uh, gathering together and studying your word. We pray that you just uh, uh, help us to learn and give us wisdom as we study and pray that you just uh, be with us as we uh, go our ways, keep us safe, and uh, bring us back again. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Good.